For I would speak to you a word, a prophetic word, a word that outlines for you the intention and plan of my heart for you. Know that I am God and I am in control. I will bring my word to pass in your life. You will trust in me today and you will see the glory of your risen Savior alive in your circumstances. Look to me now and know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I am good for my word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Wow. Wow. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and stand up. I won't leave you standing too long. We're going to read the word this morning. Brother, Sister Boyer, wow, are you celebrating or what? Empty nest, last child out. Kyle and Diane got married last night, and it was a beautiful wedding. And they're in church this morning. That's because they're so thankful. No, I'm kidding. I saw tears in their eyes. It's hard to let your kids go, but what a beautiful celebration. Debbie, Natalie, you guys are in the wedding. Of course, the Cortez family, they, 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 Diane is their daughter, and and she got married, so it was just a big celebration last night. And we know they're they're uh, enjoying their marriage on the honeymoon somewhere, uh, secret. We don't know where, <laughs> but uh, we're proud of them and, and thankful. This morning, I, I, before I read the scripture, I want to take you to First Peter chapter four, verse seven, and I want uh, I want to share something with you. I feel like constrained to. I feel like the Lord. You know, the Bible says we're overcomers by the word of our testimony several maybe a month ago it might have been a month maybe it was six weeks ago I shared something with you in the service now I have kind of been going through something I didn't tell you don't be mad at me because I didn't tell you but kind of had to have some tests from my doctor called me in and said something don't look right in your blood work we're going to run some tests and I was like oh okay and then we ran the tests and it got worse and then he said, well, let's put you on some medicine, and we'll do this for a couple of weeks, and then we'll come back and do it again. Surely it'll be fine. And I did that, and I came back, and it was worse. And all the signs were pointing. The doctor was giving me that look, and he was saying all the signs were that I was going to have to have biopsies for cancer. And I've been carrying this through June and July and August, and, and I didn't say anything. Some of my close family and friends, they, they knew about it. They were praying with me, but... I kind of kept it myself, and I just kept saying, no, that, that, ain't, that ain't what this is going to be. No, it's going to be fine. And I want you to know, on, on one particular Sunday morning, I was standing right there. Brian and Amelia came over to me. They might remember this. And in that Sunday morning service, they said they felt led to pray over me physically. And they laid hands on me and prayed over me, and the power of God hit me in the top of my head. Went all the way to my feet, and I mean for 30 minutes, I shared with them, I said, for 30 minutes, my body was hot. Something was happening inside my body. And I accepted my healing that day. I said, I don't, I don't care what they do. I feel like the Lord touched me. I even got up in that service, and y'all didn't know what I was talking about. But I said, I've been having some tests run, and I believe the Lord has healed me in this service this morning. Felt the power of God. It was awesome and wonderful. And I went back to the doctor, and he was like, we're going to have to do the biopsies. I'm like, okay. Got the word back. And the doctor said these words. He said, 
I expected that we might see an improvement, but I didn't expect that your numbers would shoot all the way back down to completely normal. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know he touched me. I know it. And I have to testify because we're overcomers by our testimony. You're an overcomer by your testimony. We believe in a God who answers prayer. Amen. Amen. So my doctor is astounded. He gave me a huge high five and he took a selfie picture with me. And he's been just, I'm telling you, God is awesome. I was scared for a minute. The devil likes to strike us with fear, don't he? But man, faith arose. And I, I'm telling you, I believe in the power of prayer. And I think you need to believe in it too. You need to trust in him that he's going to take care of you just as well. Can I tell you something? What I believe on this family fun fest, and I'm looking at the clock. I always keep my eye on it right here. I, I keep watching. They want me to watch the countdown clock. But that one says I got five minutes. That one says I got forever. So it's, I watch that one. But we're... We're excited about today, and we're going we're gonna to be out there in plenty of time. But I want us to, to hear what the word of the Lord says. I felt the Lord gave me a, a word, Debbie, for this morning, for Family Fun Fest, perhaps for visitors who are here today, maybe someone who's, who's come to the festivities, and, and you're, just, you're in the service. I, I want to share something with you. I believe the Lord has laid on my heart to give to this, this congregation this morning, and it's this. I entitled it, Live in the Life. Live in the Life. How should we live in the day and time that we're living in, knowing, Brother Dan, that the soon return of Jesus Christ is imminent? Turn to someone, look at him and say, Jesus is coming. Now I want you to know that's the truth. That's the truth that from theology and from the teaching of God's word, Jesus is coming soon. Peter wrote about that. And so in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 and 11, 7 to 11, I'm going to read for you the, the scripture that I believe the Lord wants to point out for us today. He says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious. King James says, be sober. And watchful in your prayers, alert. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Oh, that's not so easy, is it? As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Aren't you thankful for the many layers and the many ways that God is graceful to you? If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability or the strength which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen is a big word for today. Amen means it's done. I want to read that in the AMP version before we pray, the Amplified. It says, but the end and culmination of all things has now come near. 
Keep sound-minded and self-restrained and alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Practice hospitality to one another. Those of the household of faith, be hospitable, be a lover of strangers. How appropriate for today. With brotherly affection for the unknown guests, the foreigners, the poor, and all others who come your way who are of Christ's body. And in each instance, do it ungrudgingly, cordially, and graciously without complaining, but as representing him. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace faithful stewards of the extreme diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Whoever speaks, let him do it as one who utters oracles of God. Whoever renders a service, let him do it as with the strength which God furnishes abundantly, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ the Messiah. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. So be it. Can you say amen? Amen. Father, we ask your blessings on our time together in the word of God. I pray that I will do exactly what Peter has admonished us to do, and that is speak the word. God, the word is what will set us free. We honor you. We thank you today for lives that will be touched, challenged, and spoken to by your spirit. And we give you praise for it all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. As I mentioned, what an opportunity we have today. What an opportunity to reach out to the thousands that will be on our campus. People, as I mentioned last Sunday, looking into the lives, looking into the faces, looking into the hearts and, and, and understanding that you're looking at people who are broken. People who have been wounded. People that have gone through all kinds of trouble in their lives. Perhaps going through trouble even as we speak. And they've come here for an escape to get away from their issues. People who just need encouragement. People who are just lost and need to know that Jesus loves them. People that have been hurt, rejected, they've been discouraged. We have this moment. This window is open, an opportunity for us to make a difference in the lives of people. That's why I'm commissioning you and I'm asking you as your pastor, don't just go out and grab something to eat and get upset because someone took your seat. Don't get into a mood or have a problem. Don't allow anything to hinder the opportunity for you to minister to people. If you are not about loving people, if you're not about witnessing being the light and the love to people, to strangers, people you don't know, if we don't have opportunities during the course of a year to open this campus up, to bring people we don't know into our circle, then we are not really a church. You're not really a Christian if you've got a problem with it. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying it's not very Christian-like. We have this opportunity. We have this window where we are able to look into the hearts and lives of those who are hurting and make a difference. Last time we were at, I was at uh, Family Fun Fest last year. If you remember, I had pneumonia. I wasn't allowed to be here. I missed the kangaroo. So the first thing I'm doing is going straight to the kangaroo. I'm going to be like, G'day, mate. How are you? Great to see you. 
I'm a brother, a fellow Aussie. Yeah. If you're visiting today, you just now assume that the pastor has lost his mind. Some people just need a smile, a handshake, a kind word. They just need someone to show them love and to serve them selflessly. Give, it, give up your seat. Give up your food. Serve someone else. How many have already experienced the, the truth of God's word that when you are the one serving, giving, doing, you're the one that reaps the benefit because it is a hundred times more rewarding inside of your heart when you are the one who gives. It's hard for me to receive. A couple of times a year, you all bless me, and, and, and it's, it's hard that day. It's so difficult. I, I tend to want to be the person who's on the other end. And I know that it's, it's not always easy to be that person to receive, but I'm telling you, the giving is better than anything else. And so today we have this opportunity I'm going to ask you, if you would, to reach over and take someone by the hand in your pew. I want to join together in a unity. As a matter of fact, would you care if I asked you to stand one more time? I want us to pray for every family that will come onto this campus. And if you don't mind, yeah, reach across and make sure people are connected everywhere. That's beautiful. Pods all over the building. How neat. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Look at you going into the aisles. That's beautiful. As much unity as possible. And I want you to help me. I want you to pray an honest, sincere prayer that God will use Stratford Heights Church of God to see the hurts in others and to love people with all of our hearts. It is my desire today that we will love people into healing, into their, their hearts being blessed and touched, and maybe, maybe, They'll even see the love in our hearts and want that love in theirs. Wouldn't it be amazing for someone to accept Christ out on a parking lot today? Let's pray for this to happen. Let's all be used together. Father, we come to you as a church. And Lord, we ask you to anoint us today. Anoint us as a congregation to be folks who have. Lord, if we have and we believe we do the good news the gospel message of Jesus in our lives and in our hearts, may it be that it just overflows out of us into the hearts and lives of others. I pray that God will be blessed at every turn. Create opportunities for us to minister to the people that will be coming on our campus. I pray that you'll anoint everyone here to be an angel of light, to be a minister to be gifted and talented and anointed, God, for conversations, for laughter, for love, for excitement, and for sharing with one another and for serving. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, and I pray that, Lord, you'll draw folks. If they were thinking, ah, I'm not going to come, I pray that you'll put it on their hearts to just bring the family anyhow and to come on, Lord, so that we will have this window of opportunity to be a light to them and to be a witness that you are the answer for this world. The whole world is crying out for peace. They're crying out for deliverance. They're crying out for answers. Even in America, the, the different political parties are all crying out that they think they are the answer. Lord, we know you are the foundation of truth that we need. You are the answer for every problem and trial in this life and world. So help us, Lord, because we are your ambassadors. We are your servants, and we ask you to anoint us as a congregation 
Anoint us as a church. I pray a, a spirit of joy over this whole people. I pray, God, for peace over their lives and hearts. I pray that if they're going through things, that, God, they'll sense a deliverance so that they can testify to the goodness of God in this world. And we ask these things, giving you all the praise, all the glory, for it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit today. We ask all of these things and pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And you can be seated. Amen. Thank you for that. I'm excited about today. I feel like it's going to be a good day. It already is. The Spirit of the Lord has been here in the service, and he's going to go with us out there on campus. Yesterday, I had this crazy thing happen I had to share with you. I literally was studying, preparing, and getting ready for the wedding, and we were just thinking all kinds, I was thinking all kinds of different things, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Sister Ruth, I had a, a rush of heaven come all over me. It was unbelievable. I, I literally sat there and became emotional. I was thinking about loved ones. I was thinking about my mom. I was thinking about uh, family members, people that have went on to heaven from here recently. I was thinking about, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Sister Priscilla, it, it just overwhelmed me. Like, like the, the word in the old song was billows. I felt like waves of this essence. And I sat there and closed my eyes. Tears were running down my face. And I got real homesick for heaven. I was thinking about what it looks like, what it smells like, what it feels like, what are the sounds in heaven. I was wondering what my mom was doing right now or what my uncle was doing or what Brother McLaughlin was doing. No doubt if you knew Carl McLaughlin, he was running somewhere. The guy was so energetic and so full of the life and spirit of God. And I was thinking about this, this beautiful feeling, this awesome rush of heaven and I felt in my spirit the Lord say, it won't be long now. Did you hear me? It won't be long now. Hold on. Hold on. I believe with all my heart the Lord is getting ready to come for his bride. I believe he's getting us ready. I believe what Brother Gary said, Pastor Gary said when he talked about the Lord is doing something. We've been having a, a breaking in our services. We've been having a mighty move last Sunday morning of the power and the spirit of God. And I've been praying, Lord, it, you know, pour it on. Anything we need, you help us to be strong and might so that it helps us, to anoints us to go out. Because the whole purpose is not that we will be anointed to sit in here and just get real fat and unhealthy spiritually. But the whole goal behind being blessed is to be a blessing and to get out there and be a light and a witness. Peter is sensing this. Peter is writing about this when he says, don't you sense and don't you know the end is near? Dave, the, the end is near. Now you say, well, he wrote that 2,000 years ago. Well, the Bible tells us a day with the Lord is as a thousand. You know, when, it, when God says he's coming soon, that doesn't mean it was supposed to happen a month after that was written. It just kind of means that with God, man, any time, the season is getting ready to come, and it can happen at any moment. We believe in the church of God. 
in the soon return of Jesus Christ, first to catch away his saints. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18, comfort one another with these words. So be comforted. The Lord is getting ready to come. Peter's writing, he, he was sensing this. He, he said, the end is near. Now, somebody says, some writers will tell you, commentaries will say, well, he's talking about the imminent death, death that we all will face. Okay, maybe. We're, we're, there's two things it could mean. It could only be two things. It's either one, we're going to go by way of the grave, and you know what? It's going to happen to everybody sooner or later. You know, we'll either happen, we'll either go to heaven, step across glory into heaven, into Jordan, into the pearly gates by way of the grave, or we're going to go by way of the trumpet. We're going to go by way of the rapture of the church. And that truth in God's word, I'm kind of homesick for a country. Where I've never been before, the old song says, there's no sad farewells there will be spoken, and time won't matter anymore. Beulah land, I'm longing for you, and someday on thee I'll stand. There my home will be eternal. Beulah land, sweet Beulah land. The truth of God's holy word alive in us today. If it is true that we need every now and again to realize, Sister Jackie, that he is coming again. Every now and again, we've got to stop ourselves along our way as we're trying to, to become the, the Christians we want to be. Every now and again, we need to stop, shake ourselves for a moment, and remember that Jesus Christ is coming soon. We're living on the edge of eternity. Did you hear? I loved what I wrote that down, and I'll probably say it 10 times before we get out of here. We are living on the edge of eternity. You say, well, yeah, I know, I'm getting older, and I may go by the grave. You may. But I believe all of us, everybody, young and old, we're living on the edge of eternity. We're here. History is, history's last days are upon us. I believe we are in the present future. That could be a movie. We're living the present future. So the question that Peter's asking and the question that I'm asking of our church today is in light of the promises of God's word, in light of the theology and the teaching of his word, we understand and we know that he is coming. We believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that is the case, then how should we be living our lives? How should we be living our lives? How should you be living your life if we genuinely believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon? Wow, that's a message, isn't it? I think we ought to live like we're leaving. I wrote several things down here. We ought to live like we're leaving, live like Jesus is coming soon. We ought to live like we're dying. We ought to live like there's no tomorrow. We ought to live our lives with no regrets. Every day of our lives, we should be living. The bio, you know, a smart philosopher once said, he said, you, know, you plan as if you're going to be here forever, but you live as if you're going to die tomorrow. 
I think that's good advice. I think that's good advice because we as people of faith understand and know the word teaches us that Christ is coming soon. He's coming as a thief in the night. He's coming in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We'll all be changed. He's coming for his church. And I need to, we need to get excited about that again. Somebody says, well, you know, I kind of like things here. I, I like the way I'm living my life. And, you know, if I got another two years, I'll retire. And, and I'm going to head out to Florida. And I'm going to get me a, a mobile home. Yeah. Hey, listen, there ain't a thing you can plan for. There ain't anything that you got going here that isn't going to pale in comparison to the moment you see gold. The moment you step into heaven and the sights and the sounds and all that you see. I had a little bit of a rush of heaven yesterday, just a tiny little glimpse of it, just in my spirit, and I, I couldn't contain the emotion. I'm telling you, I can't hardly wait to get there. I love living life here with my family, with my friends, with my church. I love it, but I'm telling you, I'm homesick to go. I'm ready to go right now on the next shuttle out the door. Somebody says, well, don't go today. Wait till after a family fun fest. There's two specific prayers when we're small that we learn. Parents teach us these prayers. The one for our food and one at bedtime. You know what they are. You can probably say the first one with me for our food. Ready? God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. You know, I used to think that all, everything had to rhyme, you know. So when I was little, I would say, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. <laughs> and then the one right before bedtime. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my... But that's a very serious prayer, don't you think? I mean, technically, we're teaching little four-year-olds and five-year-olds to say this prayer, and it's pretty heavy stuff. Honestly, I mean, we, we don't think about that, do we? We're like, oh, here, come on, precious little three-year-old. Come on, baby girl, say this with me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die. I mean, technically, that's a little heavy for a three-year-old, but we do it. And you know why it's still good? Because it's, who said that? Because it's true. Liz, there you are, hiding back there. Give it up for our associate pastor. Don't you love Liz Amberge? Can't hide on me, Liz. I'll find you. I'll hear you because she says amen a lot. She's good. Serious prayer for a child. If I should die before I wake, it's true. It's good. And it's what Peter was saying. Look, the end is near. And in light of all that, how should we live our lives? If we go by way of the rapture of the church or we go by way of the grave, we're living on, there it is, the edge of eternity. You know, when I first became a pastor, it's been 10 years ago now, I'm in my 11th year and, and as senior pastor. And about my first year, I was still getting my, my feet, you know, wet and I was still learning how to do this out here, I was used to being with teenagers for 18 years, and here I was trying to be a pastor, and someone called, and they said, you know, my, my relative's in the hospital, he's just been told he has two weeks to live, pastor, we're worried about him, would you please go by and pray with him, and I'm like putting on my Superman cape, and I'm like, yes, we'll go right there to the hospital, 
And so I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm going to go pray with this man. We're going to go have a salvation experience in the hospital. And the power of God's going to break in. And it's going to be awesome. And we're going to get him ready for heaven. And I get there. And when I walked in, I, I'm, I'm sharing with the family. And, and the, the gentleman had been taken down to a test. And he would be coming back in a little while. So I'm talking with the family. And I'm, I'm like, well, I'm a minister. I've been sent here by another family member. And, and, you know, I'm here to pray with our brother. I understand he's been given some some news and 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 they're like oh you so you're a preacher and I'm like yes yes I am I'm a pastor with a superman cape on no I didn't tell them that I said well listen I'll I'll come back and he's obviously in this test and I'll swing back by here and, and pray with him and they were like oh okay and they just kept looking at me I felt very awkward felt very uncomfortable felt very unwelcome and so I made some rounds, and I went back up, and when I got back up, I walked up to the door, and I started to open the door. I knocked on the door, and I started to go in. When I did, I was met by one of the family members, and I saw inside the gentleman was right there, and he was fine. I said, uh, he's, he's not really up for visitors today. I said, oh. I said, okay. I said, well, I'll let him know that I'll be praying for him, and uh, maybe I can stop back by. He said, that won't be necessary. I said, oh, well, all right then. I said, God bless you. And I walked away, and of course, I'm like, was it me? What was it? You know, still a, a, a new youth pastor or a new pastor, and I took it a little personal, and I was a little upset, and, and I got away from it, and, and I had the Lord speak to my heart, and he was just like, go on. Just go on. And he was like, you know, I knew the Lord, the man was in God's hands, and the Lord would deal with him, but the Lord told, more or less said, shake it off. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And I thought about that later, and it's, it's come back to my attention all these years later, and I've kept it in my mind. And I thought, wow, Pastor James, what a place to be. Two weeks to live, and the last thing you want to see is a preacher. The last thing you want is someone who can speak to you about eternity, who may know something about what's going to happen with you that could help secure you going through pearly gates and making your home in eternity, who might know something you don't know, who might be able to offer you something through the gospel message that would save your life and yet not be concerned, not be interested. And I, my heart is that I pray with all of my heart that we as Christians would not get in that cold and callous place of lukewarmness, complacency, that we don't want to deal with eternal things. How many of you know we need to stay on, the old song says, to stay on the firing line? We need to stay in that place where we are ever aware that while it's good here, we lots of accomplishments, lots of recognition, lots of achievements and things we can accomplish and toys that we can buy and houses we can live in and we can find this and that and we can fill our lives full of all the prizes and all the toys that the world has to offer. But we ought to stay focused on the truth that he is coming soon. And these material things are not what's most important in this life. That we ought not to get to the place where we value what's here and what we're having here in our lives as opposed to what is out there waiting for us. I'm excited about the Lord. There was another situation that happened many, many years later. And it was about a gentleman who, who also uh, was in the same kind of position. And, and I, I went over for family. And I was 
going to pray with this gentleman who needed, uh, he had gotten the news that he was not going to be around uh, maybe a week or two more. And, and I went to meet with him. And when I did, of course, I went with a fear, right? I went with a fear. I didn't know him. And so I went and, and I, I started, I had a conversation. And I got to talk to him and, and it ended up being something completely different. We talked and we shared and told me about his life. He had been in the military and going back and forth. And it was just a wonderful conversation. I was able to share about the Lord and, and about being ready and what heaven was like. And the gospel, I presented that. And we talked back and forth and had just a wonderful meeting until finally we got to the end. And this gentleman with, with welled up, there were tears in his eyes. I remember him looking at me and he says, well, what do we got to do to get me to heaven? <laughs> I'll never forget the feeling of, of how that felt, the heaven that was connected to that. Someone who cared about that. Someone who, who, did, who was determined. Look, I'm going to talk to someone I don't know about things that are important. One of the saddest moments ever, ever for us is knowing that eternity is just around the corner, but that we would not be concerned about that. And so Peter asked the question in the time that we have this morning, in light of the fact that eternity is just around the corner, how should we live our lives? I believe there's a rustling in heaven. I believe that when we're experiencing things here in this service, when the power of God is at work in the lives of, of his children and in his church, and we're seeing miraculous answers to prayer, and we're seeing things happen and people getting saved, we're seeing turmoil and trouble in the world, chaos everywhere, all of these signs of the times, nations rising against nations, uh, kingdoms against kingdoms, wars, rumors of wars, all kinds of chaos and problems in the economy, in the country, all kinds of division, all kinds of violence and hate, parents and children, hatred in the home, and all kinds of things that we're seeing today. The Bible says when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. If that old bedtime prayer were to become a reality for you today, what if after all the years and years of praying that sweet little now I lay me down to sleep, the sun actually doesn't come up for you tomorrow? It's entirely possible. What if this were your final day on earth? What do you do with the rest of today? And how would you live the rest of this afternoon and this evening? And isn't it wise and wouldn't it be wise for us to live our lives in that kind of mentality? Listen to me, husband, listen to me, young lady, listen to me. I believe with all my heart we need to be concerned about eternal things. We need to be concerned about the gospel message and what Christ has done in bringing salvation to our lives. There is, I believe, a rustling in heaven. I believe there's an anticipation around the balconies of heaven of glory. I believe that the power of God is at work, and I believe that Gabriel's getting ready to, to warm up his trumpet. I believe that there is a sense in heaven that something's fixing to change and history is fixing to, to, to come to a conclusion here in the church age. I'm believing that God is doing and up to something beautiful and wonderful. I don't know if it's, if it's the, the, the rapture right away, like right now, or something beautiful and wonderful happening spiritually in a revival or awakening around the world. All I know is this. I believe what the word teaches that he is going to come in an hour that we don't think that we don't think. He's coming as a thief in the night. 
And when that day comes and we leave everything, everything behind, all the things that we've tried to pursue and all the things we've tried to accomplish and achieve in this world, our dreams, our plans, our hopes, every earthly relationship, the houses, the lands, the cars, family, money, jobs, all of those things come to a screeching halt. How soon will it be that your very life will be required of you? And your testament tells us that the day of the Lord's return is not so far away. Romans 13 11 says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Philippians 4 and 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. James chapter 5 and verse 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Revelation 22 and 20, he who testifies to these things says, surely I come quickly. Amen. And the writer John says, even so, come Lord Jesus. How can many of you can say that this morning? Even so, Come, Lord Jesus. I kind of feel like that kid in the back seat of the car on vacation when you know when they want to cry out, you know, are we there yet? I get up every morning. I'm wanting to say, Lord, are we, is it time? Is it today? We ought to live with an anticipation. We ought to live with an excitement. I'm listening for a trumpet. I, I like to hear them. Yeah, you can, they could freak me out real good if they just sit up there and start playing one service. I'll just start jumping. You know, it'll be awesome. The power of God at work. I'm anticipating. I'm wanting, I, I dream about it sometimes. I, I, I feel the presence of God. I have those heaven moments in my life. Are you at the place where you are so hungry and thirsty after what God is doing? Now listen, it doesn't mean that we live like pie in the sky and we lay down all the responsibilities of this life. Someone once said, yeah, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I think we ought to, ought to hear the words of Peter when he said... In light of this truth that we're coming to the end of it all, we're coming to the history, we're coming to the edge of eternity, in light of that church of God, should we not be concerned with how we're living our day-to-day -day lives? We ought to be concerned that we are reaching out to those that are lost, continuing to be a light and a witness to them. We ought to be concerned with how we are loving one another, serving one another. And he goes on to tell us those very things. If you look at the scripture in the text that we read, he says, says, in light of these things, how should we live our lives? And he goes, he goes on and he's, he gives us just a couple of instructions. He says, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And what he's saying there in, in other versions, it's wonderful, it says, be sober, be alert for the sake of your prayers. You and I need to be able to pray over any situation and we ought to be able to get a hold of God. You know, I want to be one of those people. You see, there are some people, they'll go through a trial, they'll go through a trouble and, and they'll say, whoa, I've got to get a hold of Brother Brian. I, if I can just get a hold of Brother Brian, he's got to pray. And that's good and it's good. The Bible says, cast your cares 
on God because he cares for you. But it also says, bear you one another's burdens. So we understand we're to share our, our needs with one another. And I want to share those needs that I have in my life with others. But that's not what I'm desperate for. I want that as backup. I want to be the person that can get a prayer through myself. I want to be someone that when faith is required for a miracle, I got all we need right here in this heart. Because I believe that if we will focus on the words of God, the power of God, the spirit of the Lord, then we can be that giant in the faith. We can be the pillar of faith. I love calling out the names of those who were pillars in our church years ago. I mentioned one a few minutes ago, Brother McLaughlin. He was a mighty man of God. He sat right back there in the corner. And right about the time the Holy Ghost would fall into service here at Stratford Heights, he would take off running. And he'd run down here. He was about 90, I think, at the time. And he would run come across the front here, he'd look up at the pulpit smiling and from ear to ear, and he'd say, "Woo!" And he'd run around, and he'd go back out, and he'd come back down again sometimes, and then he'd go back and sit in his chair, and he'd go back there, and then when he was standing back there, Brother Davis, you knew him well, he would put his arms up in the air just like you're doing right now, and he would say, glory, glory, hallelujah, that kind of thing. He was a pillar in the faith. He was a, a godly man. Brother Mann used to sit back here, Brother William Mann, Bill Mann, he was a godly man. You'd go to his house, and Brother Cam mentioned this last Sunday, you'd find a Bible completely wore out at his house he, they were wore out from cover to cover another little lady used to sit right over here that all these folks have gone on to glory sister Katie Jones she wasn't on the stage she was probably this tall she was the littlest human being you ever saw in your life and she would look up at you in every service she'd come up to me after church she'd look up at me and she'd say you know the Lord's coming and I'd say he is sister Katie and he'd say did you hear the news in Israel I said, oh, I sure did. I heard. I said, what would you hear? And she said, oh, they're meeting. They're meeting this week. There's some treaties talk going on. He said, she says, you know what the word says. And I said, I know what it says, but you tell me, what, what does it say? And she'd just go on and she'd preach. It'd be 45 minutes before she, well, I got to let you go. I got to let you go. I went to see her right before she passed away. And again, she wasn't this big now. She wasn't this, well, this big right here. Tiny little lady. All y'all that knew Kathleen, you know she was right here. And just a tiny little thing. She didn't weigh no more than 75 pounds. I know she didn't. And she was sitting in a chair. And I went by and I knocked on the door and I said, Sister Jones. And I walked in and she had a Bible in her lap that was as big as this speaker. It was that big. And she was holding on to that and had her glasses down. And she said, oh, I just love the word. Don't you? Don't you? I said, yes, I do. I said, and I know you love the word. A giant could pray through anything. You call on her, she'll get the hold of God. She'll, she'll close the blinds in her house, get on her face in a, in a corner somewhere in her living room or wherever she was, and she'd get a hold of God. And you'd hear her wailing and crying and praying in the spirit. Oh, where are the pillars in the church today? We still need giants who can get a hold of God. I don't want to be the one that has to run to Brother Man, that has to run to Brother Brian, that has to run to Sister Kathleen. I want to be one of those people that when somebody needs prayer, I've already been filled up, read up, full of the Holy Ghost so that I can pray the prayer all 
the way through. I love the testimony that says when someone has went on to be with glory, somebody said not very long ago, they said, you know, I was just praying, God, what will it take? What do I need to do to, to get their healing? What do I need to do to pray? I'll, I'll pray as long as I need to. I'll do whatever I got to do. And he testified to me and he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, she has all the faith that would be needed if there was going to be a healing. I'm going to heal her home. And in that process of understanding and knowing, she had all the faith that was needed. I'm telling you, we need to be sober and alert and, and aware, watchful in prayers and ready in season and out of season to give an answer for why we believe what we believe and so that we can pray something through to make a difference. How many of you want to be a difference maker in prayer? I want to be a difference maker in prayer. It goes on and says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. It doesn't say, hey, just like each other. You know, I've heard people say, well, I, I love them, you know, but I don't like them very much. But I love, I, somebody even had the audacity to say this, I love them enough to get into heaven. Let me guarantee you something. I, I'm, not, I'm not speaking as a prophet in this moment, but you probably don't. <laughs> you probably don't love them enough to get to heaven. Above all things, above all things, the most important thing, the top priority thing, above all things have fervent. Fervent means an outstretched, unconditional, reaching love. Above all things have an outstretched love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. What that means is love won't judge and won't condemn and criticize, but the love of God in us will be reaching for them to heal them and to pull them in, not run them off. Pastor, I, I knew, used to preach, and he'd say, I preach holiness to draw you in, not run you out the door. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Why does Peter have to say that? Because it's so true. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. The Greek Hebrew word means not meaning not to mumble underneath your breath. That's what it means. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He goes on and he describes that. He says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers... Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. It's important that we understand and know the power that comes with serving God, that comes in being a light and a witness to God, being a representation of God. As we understand and know, he's coming soon and coming for a church that's on fire. We need to be a people on fire. We need to be a people instant and out of, in season and out of season. We need to be a church that reflects the image of God in this world, reflecting the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to understand and know there is an assignment on this building, assignment on this body of Christ. There's an assignment that we pray through, that we get through, that we faith through, that we read through, that we teach and we study to show ourselves approved. We are responsible in this light, to have this light, to be a light to the community, to be a light to our families, to be a light wherever we go, to let the people know 
know that yes, drugs is, they're running to drugs for an answer to the problems in their life. Yes, they can't find joy in the Lord, so they run to a bottle. Yes, they're finding all kinds of counterfeit things for the emotions that God gives freely in his word and through his sacrifice. But we are the ones who have the answer. We are the ones who should have the joy unspeakable and full of glory. We are the ones who carry the love of God in our hearts. We are the ones who shed abroad the light of God in his gospel into a world that is hurting and dying and lost. That's who we are. So in light of the fact that we're reminded again today, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon. We are a pre-millennial, pre-tribulation, rapture church. We believe that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. We believe the power of God is at work in the earth, that mercy and grace is being poured out all over the place that people might Find that truth and reality of him in their own hearts. Every lost son, daughter, man and woman, every one of them. There is no depth of sin. There is no demonic activity. There is no oppressive spirit. There is no demonic possession that is, that is more powerful than the power of Almighty God. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care how evil it might be. I don't care how far gone you feel like you've been. I'm telling you, there is one drop of the blood of Jesus Christ that can transform and turn the situation around in your life. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how degrading it's been. I don't care how low you feel like you've gone. All you need to do is look up to the mercy of God around the cross there. It was level. Everybody is welcome and you and I are welcome to come and experience the encounter of his great mercy in our hearts and lives and be ready when the trumpet sounds. You can be ready today. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Stay alert. Stay ready so that you can pray. If you want your prayers to be effective, be clear-minded. Don't let distractions get you. Don't let, don't let your spiritual life be like the signal on a cell phone. I, sometimes I have to move around my house. There is a tower issue in my neighborhood. So I'll be talking to somebody, and all of a sudden i got to move over and say, hold on just a minute. i got to go over to the garage door. i got to open the garage door. Okay, go ahead. Sometimes I got to go to the back door and I got to go out the, on the deck and be outside. Some people's spiritual life is like that. The signal's not clear. Listen. The signal is scrambled, it's messed up. getting ready and that's not to strike fear in anyone my goodness that's not to strike fear that's to bring hope alive he could come today he could come before we get out of family fun fest he could come before you have your hot dog he's coming Peter said in light of the truth that he is coming, how ought we to live? I just believe that we ought to be humble, broken, kind, serving, forgiving, 
Who do you need to forgive today? If the Lord came at 4 o'clock this afternoon, who do you need to forgive? Who are you holding forgiveness ransom over their head? Shame on you. Shame on you. Who do you need to forgive? What do you need to let go? What hurt, what wounding do you need to let go of? What offense are you holding in your heart? Bless the Lord. What offense are you harboring in your heart, watering it and feeding it every day? Let it go. Is it worth it? Someone needs your forgiveness. Someone needs your kindness, your love. They need your service. Someone just needs you to trust them again. We are the body of Christ. We have an assignment. We need to reflect. We need to reflect the truth of his liberty in us to the world around us. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Perhaps you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I've, I'm in this place, Pastor, where I have great need. I don't know that I have even relationship with Christ. On this family fun fest day that y'all are talking about, I'd like to be the first one to accept Christ. I'd like to be saved today. I want to experience the love you're talking about, the peace, so that I don't have to run and chase it down at a bar or tavern. I don't have to keep running my life trying to find joy and strength and love in all the wrong places. I want to be free today, and I believe you when you tell me the gospel of Jesus Christ having died on the cross, risen from the dead, and sitting at the right hand of the Father today is the answer to my problems, to my life, that he's my savior, my hope. If you're here and you need Christ in your life and you'd pray a prayer to receive him this morning, then I would ask you to shoot your hand up and then right back down. And we're going to pray with you right where you stand. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I want to be saved this morning. I want to pray to be right with God. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you for these that have lifted their hand. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe this morning. The Bible says if a man or a woman believes in their heart that he's the son of God, that he went to the cross, he died on the cross, and he rose again, purchasing our salvation with his sacrifice and bloodshed, that we can be saved today. If we believe it in our hearts and we confess it with our mouth, the Bible says we're born again. So with this truth, we're going to pray this prayer. And if you didn't lift your hand, but you still need to pray it, then please, between you and God, pray it this morning. Let's pray together. Church, will you help me? Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I accept you as my Savior. I make you my Lord. You went to the cross. You died for me. You rose from the dead. You are the Son of God. Now be the Lord of my life. I believe it in my heart. I confess you with my mouth. So according to your word, I'm saved. In Jesus' name, strengthen me. 
Help me every day. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And the word of the church is, have fervent love for one another. Serving, forgiving love. Amen. Richard. Amen. As you go, we want to uh, just appreciate our pastor for the message today. Amen. We also want to thank everybody that's been involved to help get Family Fun Fest ready, everybody that brought candy, everybody that donated pop, everybody that's volunteered their time. We want to thank you. Again, we want you to know that back in the gym is face painting, uh, balloon animals, uh, inflatables. Uh, down in the Oasis area is entertainment all day. There's vendors in the lobby. Outside is the car show. Down at the bottom of the hill is the uh, trunk or treat with the pony rides, the petting zoo. The Batmobile is out in front of the building. Uh, there's going to be uh, just stuff happening all over the building today. So God bless you. Let's have a wonderful time. Go grab some food. Amen. Have a wonderful day.